On this episode of That One Movie Podcast, we're going to review a video game movie. Just kidding. Not a video game movie, apparently. But kind of? But kind of. Gran Turismo. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. We'll start non-spoilers, then we'll dive into spoilers. We'll warn you before that happens. If you want to jump straight to that review, check out those time codes in the description. Otherwise, we're going to talk about some news from this week in the world of entertainment beforehand, including Dune Part 2 being delayed. Uh, talking through that, why that may have happened. Elemental, the Disney animated movie that we didn't see. I don't know no, how many didn't. people see, saw, but apparently it's a success now. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to break down some trailers for Foe and, of course, Zack Snyder's angsty Rebel Moon. Yes. <laughs> uh, as always, use those time codes in the description to jump to whichever section you want to listen to immediately. Jump around, do whatever you like. I'm Jimmy Uthi. I'm Holden Sutter. And it's time for Tom. Tom. That one movie podcast. Tomp. All right, Jimmy, before we talk Gran Turismo, let's do the Toms. Let's do the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Oh, that was too <laughs> fast for me. No, you can do Brokaw, Bombadil, Bro- Bergeron. Brokaw, right. Bombadil, Bergeron. Yep. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. There we go. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. That way you don't have to show it off twice. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. And then again, once again for the audio listeners. Yeah, there's there there the little paper cutouts. Uh, but Jimmy, let's get started. Awesome. Holden, what's our first story? Uh, so we got a couple of trailers. First off, the biggest one is Rebel Moon, the upcoming highly anticipated Zack Snyder Netflix film. Geographically, it's also probably bigger than the area that foe will take place in as well. Yeah, probably. That would make sense. Seems like this is a, like a planet spanning space opera, space opera, if you will. Apparently based off of a, a previous Star Wars idea or something. Uh, it was an idea that Zack Snyder had that he had pitched as a Star Wars movie. And yeah. And they're like, eh, no, I don't know about that. And or they didn't. It was like they were making the sequels and they're like, we don't really know where this would fit in. And yeah. so Zack's like, well, I'll just make it myself with Netflix with that Netflix money. Holden. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Rebel Moon, I did a video of this back a while ago. Um, I think it, I mean, I think it sounds pretty entertaining. The question, like it obviously has the Zack Snyder flair and I actually, I, I don't hate Zack Snyder as a director. Like he's got his shtick. Um, yeah. I think the, like the epitome of him, his entertainment is like 300. Mm-hmm. I think 300 is just an endlessly silly and entertaining, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm just, I'd be all in for that. For this too i think it, it's cool i just like the idea of getting this original space epic you know mm-hmm. that looks expensive obviously we're getting the creator we're getting this i feel like there's another huge space movie that i'm forgetting right now uh well dune but like an original one i'm yeah, uh, I can't remember. but uh i think it's just it's really cool that this movie is being made i like the world building aspects of it again if you watch that video i talk about some of the ideas that he has uh, that I th- find really interesting, like using human beings as like basically hard drives to store information and mm-hmm. all these like cults and and stuff like that. 
I think the the cast uh, looks pretty good, and um, you know it's gonna be two parts. So Zack Snyder, of course, just had to make this huge movie, um, and uh, you know it's gonna be on Netflix, which apparently, if it's not on your TV, you can just watch. And now also on my TV, I can just watch it again. So I don't know if my parents upgraded their account without telling me, but huh. I don't know. I've been able to at least watch it on my mobile devices and my laptop. So that's nice. uh, uh, yeah, that is nice. If you didn't know <laughs> that, uh, try just, and you were using someone's Netflix account, just go under your computer or your tablet or your phone and you should be able to still work it. Put at your least computer in the, up to the TV. That's what I've been doing. And now the TV app just works again. So cool. I don't know. I I'm, I'm excited for this. I'll give it a, a broca. I mean, I'm trying to think of what's coming out in December anymore. Wonka. Uh, Aquaman, Aquaman supposedly. two, <laughs> we'll see. and seen Aquaman one. Yeah, that movie that made a billion dollars. It the this looks. I mean, as you said, like a Zack Snyder movie through and through. I mean, it's it's very gray. It has a lot of slow mo in it. Um, uh, heavy on special effects. I'm kind of mixed on Zack Snyder. I don't necessarily hate him or anything, but and once again, I haven't seen three hundred, so I don't I don't have that aspect, but. I'm kind of I'm kind of more mild on this trailer. I think it looks like it could be fun. I but if it's if it's just a lot of action and I'm not engaged in the story at all, kind of like Army of the Dead or something, then yeah, eh, we'll I could see. see that. Yeah, I could see that. I think this is gonna. I I think this is more personal to him than Army of the Dead. Probably. Is. Yeah. So I think that this is something that he's really put a lot of care and and attention into, and things that he's been he's been thinking about in the back of his head for a long time. And I think um, I just am rooting for that to be good because I feel like if I had that, you know, I feel like I have those things in in the back of my mind if I ever, you know, was able to actually make them. I'm like hoping they would be good (laughs) because that would stink. If you're like, like, oh, I've been thinking about this my whole life and then it's just mediocre. That would be a bummer. So I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Zach. I'm at a bro. I'm at a Bergeron. I do think it has more potential probably than Army of the Dead. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of cool things in the trailer. It's got lightsabers. Those look cool. Yeah, so that yeah, that lady's arms were maybe she's like part of this warrior society. They cut off your arms and replace them with blades, sure. basically. There's like a spider cool. lady in it, too. Yes, yeah, she's fighting a spider lady. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool things in it. So yeah. It's got both it. Dario Naharis actors from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, that's that. right. I remember you mentioned that. The but. first one. And the better one, in my opinion, is the bad guy. He's like Admiral Pride or something. No, that's the, that's the uh, no Admiral Noble. Admiral Pride's the Rise of Skywalker guy. Oh. His name's Admiral <laughs> Noble. Okay, okay. So there yeah. we go. Bird so I guess it's a me. little bit more nuanced since it's an ironic name, whereas the J.J. Abrams episode nine name is just Admiral spot Pride. On. <laughs> Admiral Pride. I forgot about that character. All right, next trailer is Foe, starring Saoirse mm. Sir, Sir, Ronan and Paul Mescal. Paul, what else has Paul Mescal been in? He was the After Sun. He was nominated After Sun. for that. Okay. Yeah, and he's going to be in Gladiator 2. Mm. Gladiator to meet you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Gladiator 2. I hardly know her. Yeah, I had, I had seen this uh, trailer kind of going around, and then I just watched it and prep for the the notes and i was like oh, i'll add it in but uh looks like a black mirror episode yeah it does <laughs> it looks like the black mirror episode with Dominic gleason where he dies spoiler alert for the first five minutes of that episode yeah. and then his wife gets a replacement Atwell. 
Yeah, Haley Atwell. That's right. Gets a little just a replacement bot cyborg version of him. It does seem like that. I mean, uh, uh, the implication of this trailer seems to be that like Paul Mescal's not dying. He's just going away. So at, I don't know. It's it. He's going up in, into space to work on some sort of project. It's very vague in the trailer. Um, and so he's going to get replaced with like a robot double while he's gone. So then his wife isn't lonely, I guess is the idea. Yeah. But then there's hints that like maybe their relation, I, it's hard to know which one they're talking about, but one yeah, of the relationships yeah. is like not going very well. Mm-hmm. Um, chances that they're, she kills the robot. Does she kill the robot? Yes or no, Holden? Uh, Gun to your head. Does, does she, she kill, kill the robot? I'm going to say uh, no, she doesn't kill the robot. Does she kill her husband? <laughs> I, see, I Someone's going to kick I, I, I want to say yes to that one, but I also feel like that would also be like the obvious way to go for a sci-fi weird Black Mirror movie like this. But I don't know. Like, she's going to she's gonna pick the robot over her husband. That's, that's what I think, happen. yeah. But I'd, I, even though that's predictable, I still kind of want to see it. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of in that same boat. I mean, both actors, I haven't seen After Sun. Apparently, he's very good in that. Um, Saoirse Ronan is great in pretty much everything I've seen her in. So, well, I mean, if it's, it's, it's probably a one to wait and see for me. But, oh, it's also a director of Lion, which yeah, is. Lion, which was pretty good. I never saw it. It was my parents loved that movie. Really? They're like, have you seen The Lion yet? <laughs> it was like their movie that they asked people if they'd seen. Oh, okay. You know, so it's kind of like the people who saw Sound of Freedom are like, did you see, did you Sound? see Sound? You did, need to, you see, need this to see this movie. <laughs> it, that's what my parents were like with The Lion. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. So yeah, it was pretty good. Um. Better than Slumdog Millionaire, a movie that I think is just incredibly overrated and i haven't seen either so watch them both hold okay. tell me which which movie <laughs> t- takes place in india is just way better than the other one um right. i was gonna say something oh yeah this movie's got a great tagline some people were made for each other oh that's yeah. good that that's good. good that's a good line to put on the poster <laughs> and yeah. it's like my uh back to the future one back here where it's like some people are like not on time for their what is it? What he does was it say? Never in time for his class. Never in time he for his wasn't classes. In time for his dinner. Then one day he wasn't in his time at all. Yeah, one day he wasn't <laughs> his time at all. I like the brevity of the faux one a little bit better. Hopefully the audience could hear that since you were reading it in the other. Direction. I was I was trying my best to turn a little bit, but I also had to look. So yeah, I apologize. Yeah, that's well, that was good, Holden. I appreciate you. <laughs> you could have just let me just you know, fall there. No, you know, but I, you, I was, I wasn't going to let you good co-host there. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'll give it a broca. Why not? Yeah, I'll give it a broca. looks interesting. There we go. Yeah. So we'll see how it is. Two, two brocas. Put that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> two, <laughs> Thomas, two thumbs up broca. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, next up we have uh, WB announced some delays of uh, several of their projects. The most notable mm. of which is Dune Part 2 being delayed from November of this year to March 15th of next year. Jimmy, what do you think about this? Wow. Well, you know, now we can go St. Paddy's weekend. You yeah, know, that's true. Just, no, I, I, I honestly, the, like, I used to get really upset about delays, and I don't know what the motivations are behind this one, but just personally... I like I don't like the older I get the less I care if a movie's delayed. I'm like, oh, I I just don't get there's very few movies where I'm like legitimately hyped for and and sad they get delayed. Mm-hmm. Um 
if anything, I think it just helps me build up more hype. I don't know. It it feels like Dune didn't come out that long ago. So yeah. I feel like we haven't really had to wait that long for this one. So it's a, like two and a half. Is it even two and a half years? Uh, it's No, it's just been two years. Not even. Well, I mean, by the time March oh, is. Oh, yeah. By, it'll two be two and, and a half. half. Okay. So I think it was October. Last of 2021, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that... I don't know. Maybe that's just me being adult, having a full time job, and it just kind of blends together. Uh, but I, you know, I'm. It doesn't. I'm not like heartbroken about it. I, I'm mm. assuming that it's based on the fact that they want the actors and actresses kind of doing a press circuit for this, that and they they can't do it with the strike. The weird thing is um, that I believe Dune has like a really long exclusivity with the IMAX theaters like six it's like unprecedented so they're giving that up in order to do this so I'm like what is gonna take over the IMAX screens uh, Captain Marvels yeah I think I saw they were like actually but so uh, good for Disney I guess yeah the the other aspect of it that I'm confused as to why they'd want to give up is I mean this is basically gonna like this is not gonna go for any Oscars that's okay so is it going to be this? No, it won't be this next year. And so it'll be up for the next year 20, in 2025. But, but movies released that early for that window typically just don't do that well. Unless you're everything everywhere all at once, yeah. which somehow ran the gauntlet with that. I have no idea how they, <laughs> I, that is one of the more incredible Oscar wins of all time. Honestly, it, best it is. And I mean, it's, it's not unpressed. Like, it, I'm sure it still will be nominated for some, but it is going to be all out of the public consciousness a lot of the by the time those you know nominations go out. It it is true, but like you'd also think like Dune Part Two to me kind of seems like it's in the same category as like Oppenheimer in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So like Oppenheimer won't be in that same window. Like Napoleon won't be in that same window. Mm-hmm. You know. I feel like this year's really stacked for the big budget. Like you're gonna have Scorsese has a movie that's supposed to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Nolan does. You know, if Villeneuve's coming out with something like you got the three heavyweights, and then you also have people talking about you know Barbie and um, past lives, and I just feel like David Fincher movie. Uh, the David Fincher, yeah, the killer with Michael Fassbender. Um, what's that coming out by the way? I th- second half of this year sometime. I don't know if we have a date. Um, yeah, so I feel like it's it's just a stacked year for kind of bigger budget or more um, mainstream movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm off the top of my head, I can't really tell you what is even coming out next year in that regard. Is is Mission Impossible coming out next uh, year? I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't I, imagine that would be a best picture. Technically, it is. Yeah, I'm um, just kind of looking through here. I mean, granted, I'm sure there will be more movies like big. Award winners, we we have announced dates for later on, but yeah, it doesn't look like there's too many big things. <laughs> Joker, yeah, I got Joker, Gladiator too, Craven. Craven. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. I, I the awards thing is weird, but um, I don't know. I personally, I'm like, I can wait till March. I'll be fine. I can too. I I'm okay with that. And I mean, I. Who knows how far along they are? If it gives VFX and whatnot more time to work on that stuff, that's always great too. So, yeah, from those aspects, cool. I, I mean, if it's if it's just to get the cast promoting it, oh, whatever. I don't know. It's, <laughs> but I'll give it a. I think Bergeron. Yeah, overall. I'm at a, I'm at a Bergeron too. 
Uh, hopefully, this movie makes money. Yeah. Um, that's all I got to say. I saw this week that Denis like, reiterated he wants to make Dune Messiah. So, yeah. If this makes money, he probably will. Yeah. That'd be cool. Sweet. Um, awesome. but, but then other WWE, WB delays. WWE delays. WWE delays. Um, that are kind of, it's kind of a domino effect with Dune. So uh, Dune took the original spot that the new Godzilla versus Kong was going to take. So now that's delayed to April 14th the next year, just about a month. And then that took the spot that the movie that I forgot existed, the WB animated Lord of the Rings movie, which got delayed to December. Of this is year. a spinoff movie? Yeah. Or is it like the, like the 19, what is it, 70s or 80s one, where it's <laughs> actually the animated Lord of the Rings? It, it's called like the War of Rohirrim or something. Oh, yeah. Rohirrim? What is it? Here, let me just pull it up here. I think it's probably on this list. What is the one? Rohirrim. Yeah, I know. Like, Why can I not think of how to pronounce this? I don't know. Like, that's a place in... Oh, I just bumped your microphone. That's a place in, like, one of the first three movies, I think, right? The writers of Rohirrim. No, I'm thinking of something else now. I don't, <laughs> the War of Rohirrim. It's uh, apparently a prequel set 183 years before the events depicted in the, in the Two Towers. Why wouldn't you just say Fellowship? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The roar. I can't wait for people in Pennsylvania to say they're going for this. I'm going to the war war room. Uh, sure. <laughs> the war war room. <laughs> people in Pennsylvania say like water. War war room. I've never been to Pennsylvania. War war room. I'm just saying people are going to sound like Chewbacca oh, okay. when they're saying that. I, I, yeah. There we go. Um, what are we talking about? Lord of the Rings got delayed. I don't care about either of those. Bergeron. Bergeron for me as well. I'm so happy you brought those up, (laughs) Holden. Just figured, I mean, it's like a domino effect. I was like, if we talk about Dune, might as well talk about those briefly. It's like a domino effect. We talk about that. We got to invade Vietnam. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Um, Next. Little U.S. history slash world history joke for you there. Um, next up we have elemental. So I, this was the thing I added last minute before here. Cause I, I just kind of remembered it. So elemental this week, it, it came out and was like, Oh, elemental is actually a success. Like it, initially, I don't believe it. <laughs> or at least uh, some sort of mild success because when it first came out, it was like, everyone was saying it was bombing and opening weekend wasn't very good. It was kind of what made us decide not to review it. Cause we're just like, no one's seeing it and we don't care that much. So why would we go see it? Um, but apparently it's earned $468 million up to this point. Um, it's earned more than across the Spider-Verse in international markets, um, though that movie still <laughs> tops <laughs> still tops Elemental overall. Um, but I think like the important thing about this movie is it shows like the power of sleeper hits, which a lot of movies just aren't getting anymore, the ability to become a sleeper hit. I don't know. I because like so many of these movies, like like Blue Beetle, I saw is like releasing on digital in like two weeks. Yeah. All right. So you're saying like it builds up over time. Yeah, it builds up over time. And sure, I'm not not every movie. I'm sure Elemental seems to be like a decent movie from what I gather, and sh- I'm sure you know word of mouth and everything. Not every movie is going to do that, but I mean, a lot of movies are just not even given that chance. Well, what other kids movie came out during that time? That people would have seen, I guess. Like, how many of this is just like, oh gosh, I have kids, 
I need to go to a movie. Oh, uh, you're forgetting Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Well, yeah. Between <laughs> this, are you going to go to Elemental, the Pixar one, or the one that you've never even heard of? <laughs> it's going to be this one, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. What I mean, cool that it got a long theatrical run, except no other Pixar movie that's been released since COVID has had that, really. Yeah, so. no. I But I'm just, I, I think that... Disney, for all of its faults, they they actually do seem to give most of their movies a chance at the theaters. Like most of that's true. Like most of their movies. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy three just got released on Disney Plus like a few weeks ago. Um, Not that that really needed time or anything, but like most of these movies. I mean, Haunted Mansion's still. I mean, that movie's not doing well, but they're at least giving it the opportunity to do better. You never know. Maybe it'll make four hundred sixty-eight million dollars. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, and just other like WB. um, I saw that like they're putting Barbie on digital like next week. It's still a mistake. That's a massive mistake. It's still doing well at the box office. Like it's it. They just. A lot of these studios don't seem to have the uh, the confidence, even though we're getting some examples of just like how it can go still go well with theaters. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I still don't know anybody who saw this movie. I don't either. <laughs> Personally, I, I was holding up Bombadil just because I'm like, I this, was this actually a success though? They spent a lot of money on this. They movie. did. Like, okay. Did it's, this movie actually break even? I have a hard time believing that it was that i mean like if it made money it hardly made any money yeah i think it was like a a, like a minor success if anything because i it i think it had like a 200 million budget so if you double that for marketing it's like well probably earned 68 million dollars uh broke off for pixar getting to have one of their movies in theaters so that's nice for them yeah i'll give i'll probably just give it a broke off like we didn't see it so we can't be yeah hard on it i might see it when it's on disney plus We'll see. Wow. A ringing endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Disney Plus, Holden, it's time for our final story of the week. Yes. Just one final thing. Uh, Disney, uh, curiously, after uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how they were going to stop making physical releases for Australia. They uh, said that they're going to be releasing some of their Disney Plus shows, physical media, that being uh, Blu-ray and uh, 4K Ultra HD from what I saw. Uh, and those shows are going to be WandaVision and Loki season one for Marvel. And then for Star Wars, you're getting the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. Oh, a good thing you get the good seasons. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, broke off for you holding physical media guy. I know you like that. Yes, yeah, so I'll give it a broke off. Um, I might buy the Loki one, honestly. I like Loki a lot. So Nice. Or you could just watch it on Disney Plus. I could, or but I, or I could own it, Jimmy. I could own it so yeah, that they can okay. never take it away from yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. You, then you <laughs> can just go and cancel your Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> um. Very very nice. Anything else to say about that? Nope. All right. Well, Tom Pies, you have. We didn't go to Popeyes, so no. we te- we went to Culver's because we were <laughs> in a hurry because we went to the movie Old Boy last night at our uh, local s- state theater, mm-hmm. and um which was, we'll talk a little bit and what are you doing about old boy? Yep. Uh, but, um, so we were in a hurry. So we went to Culver's, which is a Midwest United States chain, uh, based, based in Wisconsin, Wisconsin, famous for cheese, dairy burger. They have the butter burger. Yes. Which 
Yes, sounds is about as healthy and delicious <laughs> as it sounds. Um, and the, I think the only thing worthy of note is we went there because we're like, Popeyes will take too long. Mm-hmm. And then we got there and immediately the person right ahead of us when we got there put in a $100 to-go order. Yeah, I was honestly getting kind of worried we weren't going to have enough time to eat. And everything. I'm Holden eats slower than my grandma. <laughs> and I think he actually eats slower than my great-grandma and she's dead. So... <laughs> Uh, and I had never seen Olden eat so fast in my life. He needed to get going for old boy. Yeah. Olden, when he needs to go see a movie, he can just kick it into new gear. Well, I mean, usually if we're at Popeye's, we give ourselves like an hour or so to eat or whatever. So I'm like not in a rush. I'll just kind of nibble on it over the course of the time we're there. Over the course of the 10 minutes by the time we finally get the food. Yeah. (laughs) Popeye's, you've been doing pretty well actually lately. Yeah. We didn't go to Popeye's this week though for Gran Turismo because I was still driving back from uh, Lincoln at the time. So unfortunate. Could not. So no... I didn't leave early enough. I didn't time it out well enough. No Tom Pies this week. Uh, maybe no Tom Pies next week, but uh, Tom Pies shall return shortly. Shall return. Uh, but what we do have for you is our breakdown, uh, spoiler review of Ahsoka episodes one and two, kind of our first impressions of the Disney Plus show. So if you're interested in that, uh, stay tuned right after this little break. Otherwise, uh, skip forward to our Gran Turismo non-spoiler review or wherever you want to go uh, to listen to any other segment. All right, we're going to dive into Ahsoka starting right now. All right. Ahsoka, episodes one and two, the new Disney Plus Star Wars show about the character of the same name. Um... Yeah, this is connected to the uh, Mandalorian verse. The, the Mandiverse. The Mandivore, Mandiverse. Mandiverse. The Mandiverse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just him and his ex wife. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, guess what do you think of these first two episodes, Jimmy? Okay. Here's the deal this is a sequel to Rebels more yeah. than anything, right? Like 100%. I have it's- not seen Rebels, I've seen scenes from Rebels. People say they like it. I I have no really inclination to watch it outside of the scenes that I've just looked up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I have a really hard time caring about anything that is happening in this show. <laughs> yeah. I also think it is remarkably slow paced. Like just mm-hmm. why, why are these episodes so long? You could literally... <laughs> Like I'm, I'm trying to not exaggerate this, but you could have. I think you could tell the same exact story in like sixty percent of the time that it took to do this. I would agree. I, I, it is so like, and that's just a complete like subjective thing. Like if I could see people really enjoying this, and I think that's totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Rebels, I think you'll like this. You're like, oh, there's the characters I like. There's this. That's awesome. I, and and it's a stylistic thing, I think, just this kind of contemplative kind of thing. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. But as someone who like someone who hasn't watched Rebels, this is not convincing me to watch the rest of the show on my out of my own like fruition. Like yeah. I just don't. There's nothing compelling me to continue going. Um, I just think it is like holy smokes is this just boring? <laughs> it's kind of, I'm like, I was just like struggling to, yeah. st- I, I didn't go on my phone or anything while watching this, but holy smokes. I was like, 
it is taking some effort to pay attention to what's happening. I, I mentioned to you, I, I don't usually do this, but I'll admit I did just start playing my switch for part of these episodes. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I, I obviously I was paying attention enough. I knew everything that was happening, but as you said, just so much of this didn't need to be in here. And I was just, I was not really that engaged. I, on one hand, I want to commend it because I think, you know, committing to being a sequel to a show like Rebels is is kind of cool. I mean, obviously, it's Dave Filoni who created that show. He has a passion for those characters, wants to bring them over into live action. That's fine. It also seems just like a retcon of the ending, though, doesn't it? It's like Thrawn. Apparently, they defeated Thrawn and like mm-hmm. Ezra, this main character, like sacrificed himself to do so. Yeah. And now they're just like, well, no, actually, Thrawn's alive and Ezra's alive, probably. <laughs> yeah. No, so that's like, true. Doesn't that seem to just negate what you've done? I don't know how long it's been since the events of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and look, I did, I feel like we could have used like a, here's what happened on Rebels, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. And they show us a little bit of that, but there is really just illusions. Well, it's I th- like, I think that yeah. show takes place in between the, the prequel and original trilogies. So it's been at least, you know, since the beginning of that, of the original trilogy till whenever this is in Mandalorian. Right. Yeah, how long does the original trilogy last? I guess. Yeah, I can't remember. This. It's been like ten years then, probably. Because that would make sense. Because I don't. Well, I don't. Okay. Once, once again, knowing nothing, I don't know how old like Sabine is supposed to be. Okay. I thought she was like twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I honest, I'm like, was well, so is she just a straight up just child in that? No, I. I I'm so maybe she's like 30, I guess. I get the yeah, I I think she's like pushing 30 is like the idea I'm getting. And look, there's people who know that are probably just like yelling into the (laughs) the, the phone right now. It's just this is this is our perspective as as people who have not seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just it is a little confusing the timeline for this. Um, people love Thrawn, so I'm excited to see Thrawn. I just yeah, I did this, this just didn't. I don't know if it's Star Wars like fatigue of like you or or what it what is it but um I just thought it was very especially the first episode I thought it was just very wooden mm-hmm. and even like the very like the 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 kind of the, I don't even know if it was like a cold open but where you get to introduce the bad guys yeah who infiltrate and I liked the idea of that scene but I just thought the performances were just so hollow and by the numbers and they're well, like the, there was no energy to like it was just there was just no energy it was so slow and it was like there was no there was nothing kind of nothing like super creative to to get me into it it just was like okay I've seen this before I know exactly what's going to happen. They just walk down the hall and they just kind of hold their lightsaber straight. And every yeah, once in a while, they like force <laughs> choke a guy or pick him up. But it's just, there's just, it's not like Darth Vader just slicing through people at the end of Rogue One and mm-hmm. you got the great score by Michael Giacchino going on. Yeah. I just, it was very, just like very limited camera movement. Um, I don't know. I, I it looked nice. Like I thought the effects overall looked nice. It just was like, I mean, I, I think don't know. I think it's not helped by like the whole the whole concept for the scene. Like that they just let those people on the ship for like really no good. They're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna Jedi. call this bluff. Jedi. <laughs> like oh. it seems really contrived and dumb. I was like, I I just thought that just the writing was really stupid for the reasoning mm-hmm. for all that happening. 
And I, I look, I think Dave Filoni uh, did a really good job with the Mandalorian episodes that he directed. So mm-hmm. I just, I don't, it just was like, can we, can we go? Like, can we do like, <laughs> I, I don't need this scene to be, you know, six minutes when I already know what's going to happen. And there's no, there's nothing to compel me to keep watching it. Cause it's just, it's just very by the numbers. Um, which I think is, is too bad. I, I do like, there are things that I really do like about this. I like the whole like Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of feel of her going to that area to find the map to oh, yeah. Thrawn. Okay. First off, Yet I'm, I'm, map. I'm so, the maps are stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, this is like the third or fourth time in a Disney Star Wars thing where it's just been a map to a person. <laughs> yeah, like the map to Skywalker, the yeah. map to the Death Star ruin thing. What was in the Death Star ruins? That Wasn't it another map or something? I don't know. <laughs> what were they? I have not seen that movie since it was in theaters, I feel, and I am afraid to go back and rewatch it. I feel like they're. I feel like they f- took a map to find another map. I could oh be my wrong. Gosh, but why? Okay, I'm so con- I like is th- so they're like Thrawn died during this, but then at, then later they said he was banished. They, yeah. I'm like. How would you not know if this guy was alive or not? Like, if he was banished, you would know that he was alive. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, and if he was presumed dead, how do people not know that he isn't actually dead? But apparently there's this huge conspiracy of pro-imperial people who are just keeping it a secret, I guess, and the Republic is just so oblivious to it. Yeah. Well, I, I get the sense that like I mean it's a big galaxy. So I get who knows. I guess I get but. the sense that the Imperial people are they aren't aware that he's alive, but they're just like But just in case we're building this huge thing called the Eye of Scion or something yeah. remarkably close to the Eye no, of I'm Sauron. Not, <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it it makes sense. But, but just I, in I, case we're gonna put yeah. two bajillion dollars into this huge thing that apparently will fly over there. Why do you need such a big ship? Just because it's so far away that they need these things? Or is it like, oh, well, maybe just in case he's got a huge fleet of super star destroyers just waiting there. I don't know. Maybe this will be all answered, but I'm like a map to this guy. And why is the map in all these random ancient places? I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make much sense. Why, why is it in these ancient ruins? I'm like, why like is this there a guy who why does, disappeared 10 years ago? Why are the ancient Egyptians <laughs> building these things for Thrawn? Like, I just. That was bizarre to me. Also, it was like when she, okay, this is my problem. So I love the idea of the Raiders, the Lost Ark element in the show. Mm-hmm. I do not think it was executed well because you're like, there's no, first off, there's just no danger to it. Like there's no traps or anything. She's just there. Yeah. Just checking she's just it out. Like, she's just like, she's like turning things randomly. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's just like, just, she's like twisting objects. She's so like, what like, if I go really over no to idea. this and hit the triangle <laughs> yeah. button? What happens? Like, she's just in this uncharted room or Tomb Raider room or whatever, trying to figure out this puzzle. There's nobody with her, so it's not like she's mm-hmm. explaining her thought process. And I get it, visual storytelling, but there's there's no stakes to it. There's not like that. She's not in danger at all. I have no idea what she's trying to do. She's just moving things. I'm like, okay, kind of points in that thing, and it's kind of lighting up. But what, what's the point of that? Why does that matter? I saw some. I saw someone online compare it also unfavorably to the intro to the first Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Okay. Where he's like going after the orb or whatever. Yeah, and like, I have not seen that in a long time, but I do know the scene you're talking about. Yeah, and that one is, that one, it kind of has some Raiders energy to it as well, but it, it de-emphasizes puzzle solving and is instead just, I mean, obviously has the come and get your love song yeah. playing over it. It's very iconic. Um, has a quite a bit of energy to it. And so that scene is like excusable because it has, it's, it's, plays with it a bit differently and here it's just like it is like raiders but worse <laughs> there's really no no personality to it no it's just which is kind of funny that i'm wearing this shirt where it's it's indiana jones discovering han solo frozen and carbonite mm-hmm. kind of the play on harrison ford both roles but it's also star wars kind of taking a uh, taking uh inspiration from indiana jones so unintentional shirt yeah. wearing today but it works nice. um <laughs> But yeah, I just thought that I, I love the idea of this scene. It's not working for me. And also, why is it like an eight minute scene or whatever it is? It just is like, can we, I need more. Like if you're not going to have someone hurt there with her where she's explaining the thought process to them, like you need to do a better job of visually showing yeah. me what's going on and just having some reason for me to care Mm-hmm. Did we know what she was looking for at that time? Was this the first or second episode? This is the I can't, first episode? I, I can't remember, well, It's at honestly. the beginning, and she's she's searching for the, the sphere. You know what else is just silly? What? <laughs> when they're, like, like, revealing that mural, and then everybody is just down, like, a hundred feet below them. And, oh, like, there's yeah. no way on earth that anybody <laughs> down there can see the mural I that's, like, think 40 that. feet that's behind funny. him. <laughs> He's talking about Clancy Brown. Yeah, Mr. I was like, Krabs. also Clancy Brown. I'm like, he's just popping up everywhere these days. Apparently, he voices a character, the same character in Rebels. Oh, okay. So, um, and then Sabine, he's like, oh, now introducing Sabine. Oh, she's not here. Where is she? <laughs> Where is she? Why would she ditch at the last second? I don't know. That was silly. That was silly. And then they had that just chase down like the freeway which just nobody's using by the yeah, way that seems like a very <laughs> very poor that's a, why not put other things on the speedway that would have made that ex- sequence a little have bit more interesting and traffic and yeah. stuff literally no one for 10 miles yeah, it, it's strange. Everybody's <laughs> at the ceremony, I, I guess. guess. Yeah, everyone's you know? there celebrating Seems like the a heroics of very, Sabine. Very poor investment <laughs> in infrastructure right there. Beautiful uh, freeway, I guess, they got going on. I guess. Yeah. But um, also, why do you need roads like that when they That's all just I fly around yeah, spaceships? Like, yeah, you have planets that just, I mean... I get it. Speeder bikes exist in the universe. They have some. They the also hover. Yeah, they hover. They don't need a road. <laughs> it's very silly. At least it's not like the the scooter chase and oh Boca Boba gosh. Fett. It's not that bad. There is some just unnecessary spinning though in this. In these, like, <laughs> have you noticed that yeah. they're just spinning around? And I know that happens in the prequels too. But like. She's really just like, like, what does she do? Get more momentum? It's like she's like happy Gilmore <laughs> going to hit the ball 450 yards. It's like, I don't, I don't understand why they, I just, I'm like, the, the lightsaber fights weren't interesting. 
to me. Yeah, none of the action was interesting. Nothing that like was supposed to be exciting. I'd say at, at best. Yeah, it's like, it's just fine. it feels like filler. It's like okay, we got to think of a lightsaber fight here on the spot. Let's just do it and get it done. And I would I don't think that's what they did. I think they probably had people choreograph it or whatever. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just like. There's nothing like there is nothing exceptional about this. No. In my opinion, it's it's all just fine. And I'm I'm just sick of fine. I'm just so sick of it. It's like what is the point of spending hundreds of millions of dollars mm. on something just so blah. And and maybe later on benefit of the doubt, there's some big stuff that's going to blow my mind and it's going to be great and I'm going to say, you know what? Ahsoka starts off kind of whatever. If you're into Rebels, you'll like it, but then stay around for the payoff at the end because it's huge and they're setting up Thrawn and all this stuff for the the Disney plus the Star Wars averse. But they also, I mean, isn't it a third of the way through the series already? Is it only six? I think it's only six episodes. So it's like, how much? I mean, obviously, you still have two thirds of the series left, but you like wasted the first two episodes mostly or at least a lot of it i like i get you have to like i don't know where rebels ends up but you have to get sabine back as ahsoka's apprentice that's fine whatever it took two episodes to do that but i don't know just it's one of those things where it's like did this really need to be this a series Mm -hmm. like or did the like should it have been four episodes instead of six episodes because it just feels like things are drawn out which is weird because disney plus they don't have like a it needs to be this long for an episode yeah and they've done like 25 minute episodes of the vandalorian before so it's like i don't most of like andor's episodes are like 30 to 40 minutes yeah it's just (laughs) i don't need every show to be like andor Mm -hmm. but you got to be compelling like (laughs) like i you can be slow Mm -hmm. and methodical but you have to be interesting and this is just like it's not interesting. And, and, no. and really, if you, even if you're a fan of rebels, there couldn't have been anything that it like out of the blue here that you would not have already expected to happen. No, like, I don't know. You know, what was cool though, their, their spaceship, how they could have the booth come up and the table. Oh yeah. I'm like, that is a that very cool. efficient use of space right there. You could, like you could have a ping pong table right there and just <laughs> roll it off and and now you got your dining table and fit like 12 people around that thing. I was like that. I got to get one of those. <laughs> um, I do um, tentatively like the villains. Um, I don't think they're like incredible yet, but I I think Ray Stevenson has quite a good he's presence. A, yeah, he's got a presence. I yeah. Like him. Um, very intimidating uh, figure and good performance so far. I, I like his apprentice too so far. I mean, obviously they're going for like, a mirror of Sabine route, I think is what they're trying to do there, but she's cool. Kind of creepy. Um, yeah, I like them. And now there's like a inquisitor, which has to, I feel like has to be like the last remaining inquisitor, right? Yeah. Like they're (laughs) They're, all, they all just die all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, what was I going to say? I do like the, um, the idea that, um, what's his, the, the villain guy, I forget it. what's his name. I can't remember. I think it starts with a B. Oh yeah, it's something like Skull. It's like Balak Skull. Oh yeah, something like that. Like <laughs> the Vikings say Skull. Um, but uh, Darth Skull or whatever. Uh, <laughs> he. Uh, I like how he 
was a was grew, grew up as a Jedi, so he can like Balin Skull. Yeah. Balin Skull, and I like how he like remembers like the culture and kind of mm-hmm. he really is like seems to be in tune with the Force and like oh the future is clouded. Like he approached, even though obviously he's like a Sith or whatever now. He's very much approaches things from a Jedi's perspective. Mm. It's not like, ooh, I'm evil, <laughs> force lightning. He's like, no, it still takes on the perspective of a Jedi to kind of perceive situations in the world around him. I think that's a really cool mm-hmm. idea that uh, that Filoni brings to the table here. And I hope they they continue to explore that because I think it brings a lot of nuance to his character. And there's yeah. maybe more beneath the surface of him like what are exactly his motivations he seems to really want power beyond your wildest imagination or whatever he says but yeah according to wikipedia he's a dark jedi dark jedi Uh, so i don't know what that means but i get the sense that he's not like fully sith or anything he is i mean he's like he's a mercenary essentially he works for money so yeah he's, he's a bit more nuanced to him than your average evil sith character yeah so I like that. That's mm. a thing I like. Put that he, in the check boxes. At the end I of the like second that. episode, he seems like regretful that he's going to try to kill Ahsoka. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a shame that Ahsoka has to die. Yeah. You know, like the the Thanos kind of like, oh, it's too bad that you're in my way. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I like that. He seems like a human yeah. <laughs> and not just a mustache twir- twirling villain. Um, and he has that presence, so... Yeah, overall, I like that a lot. Exploring that relationship between him and his apprentice will be very interesting. Also, you have that night sister witch thing. She's oh. definitely going to just betray them. Yeah. It's like she has her own motivations. Did we know she was a night sister in Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. She's the. Uh, she's in the. Yeah, the samurai. I'm like, episode. why is she so familiar? She's the samurai lady. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. She I, definitely has her own motivations. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, when it was revealed she was a night sister, I was like, oh, that's cool. I know that. That's the Darth Maul planet. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, didn't, didn't Darth Maul's people like overtake the natural people there or something? I don't know. I thought. I don't remember now. I thought it was like all the, all the females of that species were night sisters okay. and the males were like Darth Maul or Maybe. something. Perhaps. I don't remember now. Yeah. But. Yeah, definitely a lot of like the a lot of the things that you would see in like Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. you know, surface here, like from like the ancient Jedi stuff to the the Dathomir and all that. I'm sure it's in Clone Wars and Rebels and whatnot, but that's cool, mm-hmm. cool part of the lore. Um, I'm trying to think of just other sequences. There's that droid that's just there still that Ahsoka cuts its head off to to. Uh, oh yeah. Then they like open up its brain and like. Yeah, you should just do it. It could blow up, but you should just do it. (laughs) And I like, oh, um, is David Tennant the droid? Yeah. He just goes, it's like, well, you're a hologram or whatever. (laughs) I don't think the moment quite worked. Like, it didn't, I don't think it was as funny as it should have been. Like, I, something didn't translate. Like, I think one of the human characters should have said that maybe then. All right, I say human, but like, Ahsoka is obviously not a human. Yeah. One but of the non-droid uh, characters. Non-droid characters. <laughs> but I do like David Tennant as the droid. He seems to be, you know, very yeah. K2SO-esque. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I just am like, this is what I was kind of worried it would be. Just kind Same. of just blah. <laughs> and and only appealing to people who like rebels. Um, 
we'll see. Maybe maybe there's some stuff that will make it worthwhile for uh, people who did were not you know invested into that previous show. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the goal was to m- not make it just a rebel sequel. Yeah, from what they've said, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, with subsequent episodes, it'll improve in that regard. But we didn't like the character of Hera, which we didn't mention. I do not care about her. Who's at all. Hera? She's the green one. The green one. The green. Who's? Oh, yeah. The okay. The lady who's the hologram. Yeah, the hologram a lot of time. Lady. Yeah, the general. Yeah, who's played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is a very good actress, but I just, like, I... I'm like, does she need to be here? Yeah, we're given nothing about her character outside, I mean, outside of what you would already know from Rebels, so we just, like, and she doesn't really do anything, so... She's, like, third build in the series, though, so I assume she's going to do more. Mm. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Yep, that's the first two episodes. I am, I'm not convinced... Yeah. Not convinced so far. Hopefully, I changed my mind. Uh, we'll still watch it. Yeah. So stay Keep tuned going. for episode three <laughs> next week. Um, and hopefully, we have some more positive things to say about it. Uh, yes. It's fine. It's fine. If you like Rebels, I'm sure you like it. Yeah. If you enjoy it, I'm not. We're not Star Wars fans who go. You like that thing? You're dumb. You're, You're dumb. dumb for liking <laughs> that thing. You can only like Andor. <laughs> um. So we're not like that. No, we're not. We're, we're chill. We're chill. Although you are dumb if you like it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to do our non-spoiler review of Gran Turismo. 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 Okay. I don't know. Right after this. (laughs) All right. Gran Turismo, Jimmy, the... New video game kind of adaptation. It's not a video game. It's a racing simulator. Racing simulator movie uh, from Sony based on kind of the series of the same name, but also the true story of a young man whose name I cannot remember. Um, But Jimmy, do you want to give us a a synopsis? Long last name. Uh, Here's the synopsis. Holden, the true story of a team of unlikely underdogs, a working class gamer, a former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive who risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. This is directed by Neil Blomkamp, which I totally forgot about. I also didn't know that Neil spells his name with two L's. Yes, very interesting Neil, spelling. Neil, the doble uh, L. Right previous, there. Uh, most well-known for directing District 9. Which I still have not seen. Very good movie. He also directed Elysium oh, and yeah. Chappie. Cult, cult followings for those, yeah, I feel like. I've, I haven't seen either of those, uh, but District 9 is is quite good. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the, the real-life racer. His name is Jan Mardenborough. Jan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jan, that's right. Okay, Jan. first, is Elysium, the, is that the Tom Cruise one, or is that the no, Matt Damon you're one? thinking Oblivion. Obli- um, Obli- Matt Damon. Is the Elysium one, okay. Yeah. I want to just get that straight. <laughs> um, Jan Mardenborough. Jan Mardenborough. So that's a true story. I do have a true or false, true versus, or fact versus fiction thing here that we can dive into spoiler-wise, but... Holden, this movie is actually pretty good, I think. Like, I was like, what the heck? This is very entertaining. And I, this was way, way better than I thought it was going to be. And shout out to David Harbour, who 
is fantastic. Yeah, like, he's in, probably the best part of the movie, honestly. A really good performance. Yeah. I mean, you also have Jaiman uh, Hansu playing mm-hmm. Jan's dad, and he's terrific as well in his in that limited role. I thought the main guy was was pretty good. Uh, not like stellar, but he he was good. Yeah, he, he, he was well not enough. bad by any means. He he did he did, he fulfilled the part really well. Didn't mm-hmm. take me out of it. And uh, Orlando Bloom was kind of fun to have as this like he almost came off as like an eccentric billionaire, but he wasn't. He was just like the guy <laughs> in charge of the Nissan marketing Nissan. team. Nissan, a Nissan. Did he say Nissan or Nissan? I think it's Nissan. He says. Nissan. Which, is that actually how you say it? I Nissan? don't know. In America, we say Nissan. I'm just going to keep calling it Nissan for the sake of this review. Nissan. But he does say Nissan in the movie because I'll get screwed up if I keep saying that. Um, but yeah, I I think the movie is good. I I wasn't like blown away by it. It is probably better than what I was expecting, but it also it's not like great to me it's like it's a solid movie that's my opinion i would i think i would actually go to pretty like very close to great i think this movie is like remarkably entertaining and i think the sound design is very good i think Mm -hmm. the way they did the effects oh just the just first off the racing and i think like the even like the following of the races and the geography although it was like oddly inconsistent at times yeah i thought it was like you knew what was happening at all times like you knew what was at stake you knew where he was at in the race there were multiple races the one thing that's the one thing that i would knock it for in terms of like the geography kind of everything is the only thing that you're really not sure of in this movie is how long has it been between things happening in this movie? Like, does yeah, this movie take place over a couple months, <laughs> over years? Like, they're like when they go yeah. to this GT Academy, it's like how long have it they feels been? Like they've here? been there like a week. Is it like a week? <laughs> Is but it a month? Been Is it been a couple of days? Like, you, it's hard mm-hmm. to tell. Um, and then the actual season itself. So that would be like the one like logistical thing I would have against this movie. Yeah, but otherwise, I, everything else I think is pretty much seamless i think the movie's too long but i'm not sure what you would cut out of it i see even the the link i I wasn't even a problem for me i honestly i mean we kind of talked about afterwards how we we saw the the runtime of being like two hours and 14 minutes or something yeah Yeah, two hours 14 minutes and we're like oh gosh two hour 14 minute racing movie god but um, yeah, I actually didn't mind it too much. I thought I I was fairly entertained for the whole time. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to the racing stuff though, I I think like probably the aside from David Harbor, my other favorite part is just how impressive they looked visually in terms of the the mix of like practical and and CG effects they had, we, which was like seamless. Yeah, it was. I mean, there, I think there was one shot that was just like just blatantly CG. Like he's like driving and I think the car comes apart. Yeah, yeah. And it, that one was like the one shot that I'm like that didn't look fantastic. Like I love the creativity behind it. It did not look fantastic. Yeah. But everything else I like we talked about it afterward and we we had to see this in our like IMAX equivalent XD yeah. sort of thing which is um, just not worth because there was no there was <laughs> I actually that the sound 
in this screen. This was not the worst movie to see in that format. I thought it was not, pretty I, engrossing. I, I'm not convinced I wouldn't have gotten the same stuff out of just seeing I, it normally. I think it was just a little bit elevated for me. Maybe. Um, I was immersed in this. I was not... It, we. So it was this was after the first day of school for me. So I was pretty tired. <laughs> we were seeing it. There was no regular showing between like five and eight thirty p.m. or something. So we mm-hmm. had to go to the six fifty showing uh, at this XD theater, and um, I was like, I was not tired at all. Which I was nice. like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna fall asleep during this thing, and then I gotta like try to figure out what I missed so I can still formulate thoughts on it. And I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of this. And um, we were talking, so we saw it on this bigger screen, and normally when you see things scaled up, they kind of fall apart in terms <laughs> of what doesn't look great. And I could not tell what was real and what was not real. Like, no. I'm like, some of this is definitely not real. I cannot tell you which one is CGI and which one isn't. And that is a huge testament to the the visual effects artists who made this. I'm sure there's just a lot of like just invisible video effects too, visual effects of just erasing things or adjusting things, all these minor adjustments, completely seamless. Well, and uh, um, the stunt driver for our main character is the actual Mm -hmm. guy that the the movie's based off of, Mm -hmm. Martin Burrow. Um, So, I mean, I, I... it, like you said, it is it is seamless. I, I would imagine most of the actual just like racing shots are real. It's probably more of the um, anytime there's like, you know, video game things applied or like the crashes, I assume, are probably CG, but they still look really good. But I don't still, know. Like, yeah, it's some of the tell. crashes yeah. might be like simulated. Still, like there's a blend. There's some sort yeah. of blend going on that. I, they just, it was great. And I honestly think the way they, shout out to the visual effects supervisor, whoever that was in this movie, the way they did the effects too was was fantastic. I thought the way they incorporated everything, how they they wouldn't, like it, when he was sitting in his like re- simulator chair and they like put him into the seat and all that. I thought that was a really creative way of getting it done. And they did use like the, the, the GT camera mode a few yeah. times. And that was like one of the things that we got like kind of poking fun when this was first like a thing. Like, what are they going to even do? Like, how do you even make this movie? Yeah. Um, and I think they did a lot of really creative things with it, with those effects. Um, and they used like the little indicators from the game to kind of show where Jan was at during races and that sort of thing. They, they used- had the HUD. They used a lot of PlayStation sound effects. I don't know if you- there was a lot of just like... PlayStation home screen sound effects that I never, I know I like recognized that weren't necessarily from the game, but yeah. Um, and the, what was the other thing I was going to mention here? Um, Oh, the other thing I was going to say is they also use the, the F FPV drones, you know, like mm-hmm. an ambulance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was the big first use of them with, uh, Michael Bay they use that here too, and I think it's a pretty good effect. Not mm-hmm. oh, not distracting, and uh, I, yeah, I just was like, this was an exciting movie, and I, I just had a lot more fun than I thought I was, and I was way more engrossed in the story than I thought I was. The sound mixing and design, I thought it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I never did see Ford versus Ferrari, so no, maybe maybe not having seen that. Like maybe if I had seen that movie, you know, a few years ago when that came out, 
I'd be a little desensitized to these things and would not have had the same level of enjoyment out of this one. But I was like, that was just a solid movie that I did not anticipate to be that solid. Yeah, I haven't really seen many like big racing movies aside from this one. So kind of in the same boat there. Um, aside from Talladega Nights. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> one of Christopher Nolan's favorite movies. Yeah, apparently. Unironically. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I I think I think where I I'm a bit different is is the story. I I'm not like I don't know exactly what you would change because I think in a lot of ways they they did adhere closely to like the real life stuff, but it it just was it was a bit cliché for me. Um mm-hmm. and I think it, I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing in some regards, but in this, I was just like, I mean, I know exactly what's going to happen at any given point. With this but but story. I do like, I do like how there was like, you know, it was a more realistic take on a, like a biopic, which essentially I think this movie is more than anything else. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like it's the six, like, it's not like he's the best racer in the world. No, it's like, for t- throughout the movie, it's like he's just trying to not get last place. You know, it's like, dude, if you can just finish, I do like, like that it's like you just yeah. need to finish fourth. Is like, and like that is like climbing Mount Everest in mm-hmm. this movie, or like, you know, even like in the climax, it's not like it's not about winning the yeah. race and being number one. It's like he just wants to get can, on the podium. Yeah, if you can get on the podium, that's like, oh my gosh, yeah, mind blowing. So I thought that was kind of a cool kind of change, uh, not about like winning the whole thing. I think the weakest part, and we talked about this immediately after the theater, um, something that we had liked with Blue Beetle is how kind of the main, the female lead had a lot of agency, just was completely <laughs> just a nothing <laughs> burger of a character. And maybe that's what you cut out from this. Um because I just don't think her relationship with him adds anything. Like, you no. don't really, like, they have, like, one scene together early on. But it's yeah. like, what, why do they even like each other? Um, what He seems very, like, almost, like, off-putting. So I'm yeah. like, what about him does, yeah. is she, like, <laughs> attracted to? Like, he seems like it's this guy who, you know, plays on his racing simulator hours upon hours every day and then he like is very kind of snobbish about it and she's like i guess i just like you anyway yeah you're just you're that good looking you're that funny i i was looking it up real quick to see if she was like based on a real wife or anything she's not as far as i can tell like she's just entirely made up for the movie oh really yeah i think is he not married in real life i i wasn't seeing anything about him being married in real life um, I would go to his Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Not, it would usually be in the most personal life section or listed on the side here. Yeah, doesn't say anything. It looks like so. So I, I mean, maybe it's based partially on something that happened, but I mean, I get the sense that it's mostly made up for the movie. Which, uh, when I'm talking about like it feeling cliche, that just adds to it. And I don't know, like with when you're trying to make like when you're trying to take liberties with a story like this to make it more interesting, why don't you actually make it more interesting and take more risks? <laughs> like, it's been more boring and generic. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I, I don't know that it felt like every like change they made from his real life story just added to it being more generic. Like I said, I don't think they changed a whole lot, but I, I was like, 
why not change it to make it, I mean, either keep it the same or make it more exciting. I don't yeah. know. Instead of making it just seem more samey. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the part. I, I, it's completely unnecessary. Like it mm-hmm. didn't add anything to the movie. Like no. I thought it was going to play some sort of role later and it mm-hmm. really didn't. No. And you don't <laughs> need it because you have the, his relationship with his dad, mm-hmm. his relationship with David Harbor, which I think are both, fairly well done, yeah. especially his relationship with David Harbour. And then you have his relationships with the other, like the antagonists and the other people in the Academy. So the antagonist is so funny. <laughs> he's just like so mean for like no reason. Well, he's just a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a bad, a, ga- a gatekeeper of like, Hey, you can't be a driver cause you're a racing simulator. You don't but he's belong like here. mean before that too. He's just like mean to everyone. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's just a rich narcissist, I guess. An elite person. There, those people exist, Holden. I yeah. hate to break it to you. I know. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought this was great. I honestly did. I think uh, if you're on the fence, of, like, it's way... I, I, the trailers did not do it justice for mm. whatever reason. It didn't um, make it look worse than it was. It was it's a way... It is, like, somewhat generic, but it, it transcends that for me. And I, I'm, like, glad I saw it. And I would even watch it again someday, honestly. Nice. Um, I think my last point, um, and this this kind of just depends on who you are, to, but how much it'll bother you. There's a lot of product placement in this movie. Okay. It it bothered me a lot because it was it was just like every shot was what, plastic. Why are they playing with PlayStation? Well, I mean, I don't mind that, but it's like every shot in this movie is plastered with a, a Sony logo, a Gran Turismo logo, a uh, Nissan logo, various other car company logos, just like Red Bull. There's like Red Bull stuff in this. It's like every shot has well, this in it. Okay, to be fair though, when you're watching sporting events, that. That is what sporting events are. Yeah, and I that's okay, I guess. But I don't. It it felt like they were they were so focused on promoting these things. That, I mean, like as you mentioned earlier, they're constantly talking about how it, they're like correcting everyone about Gran Turismo being a, a video game. They're like, no, it's a racing simulator. And there's that See, whole bit. that that all worked for me in the in the thing. I like it, it. I think that fleshed out his character, and it works within the story itself. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and then there's also, there's the, the I also mentioned this to you after the movie, there's the bit at the beginning that is literally just a commercial for the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like, I don't know. It felt I mean, like it's like the movie's called Gran Turismo. Yeah, I okay, I'm not naive. I understand that video game movies are, like the purpose is to like get the IP out there and stuff, but it felt like to me, and maybe this is just a, you know, an extension of it being based on a true story instead of it being a story set in a universe or whatever. But it felt like they were just like more so than other video game movies. So focused on promoting these brands like throughout the movie. I don't know. I think that's just because of the way the story actually worked and being based on a real story about these things. I, I was not distracted at all. Yeah, okay. Like I said, I think it just depends on who you are. It bothered me a lot, but... If it didn't bother you, Jimmy, that's cool. Well, I mean, you like say it's a commercial, but like the whole story was based on a marketing scheme. Yeah. So like, yeah, like that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, look, I get that, but I just feel like they didn't need to go as far as they did. So if you're going to have a movie about a marketing scheme and one of the characters is literally the marketing director, like, of course, these brands are going to, I don't know. I, I It felt very grounded I, in the movie to me. It, 
Yeah, it's a marketing scheme, but we're also seeing the inside of the actual operation instead of viewing it from how they like they were portraying it to the public, right? Yeah, but so, like he, but you, your character who's seeing it is also the marketing like director of Nissan. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't work for me yeah. <laughs> personally. Okay, I um, do want to say that there's the the one like at the beginning they have this montage about the the greatest racing simulator ever created, most realistic, whatever they say. Yeah, and they have like the creator guy like testing it out. They yeah. use that shot I think six times throughout the movie. Hilarious! Mm-hmm. Like they just recycle that baby several times. Yeah, no, outstanding. They, they love to use that shot. I'm like, they couldn't get any more footage here, I guess. I I don't know if that was the real guy or not. I don't either. But uh, pretty pretty hilarious. Um, Who's this movie for? I think if you are into racing at all, I think if you just like, if you are like... It's not the real guy. Not the real guy. Bummer. Bummer. (laughs) Is the real guy alive? I assume so. I don't know. Um, But uh, they should have gotten the real guy. Maybe he just didn't want to do it. Um... If you like if you like racing movies at all, I think if you're a fan of just like oh I like a good biopic, uh, you're just like you're just like in the mood for to watch a movie, but you're not sure what you want to watch. I think this is just a very like, I think it's a pretty broad audience for this. Honestly, oh, yeah. I don't I don't think a lot of people would watch this and be like that was a complete waste of my time. Like I think there's there's enough humanity to it, and like for me, I don't care about racing at all. I've never have. I, I makes me want to watch that like Formula One show on Netflix that everybody likes, um, but uh, I'm like I was in I was invested, um, and maybe that's just like the sports fan side of me. Uh, so maybe that was it. But I, I think it's worth watching. So if you're at all considering it, I would say go for it. And I would actually say that it is worth seeing in the theater. That's a good point you brought up at the end there too, because I am I've always said sports movies are like my least favorite genre of movie. So maybe this is like faint maybe this is like actual praise for me saying I didn't hate it. Because <laughs> <laughs> most sports movies I do find boring and, and generic. So I'm giving it like a six out of ten. I think it's a good movie. Um just maybe not exactly my cup of tea in a lot of ways, but I did. I did appreciate a lot of aspects of it. I think it's better than that. So, all right, <laughs> that's fair. There you go. You're gonna give it a rating? No, I'm not gonna <laughs> give it a rating. I think it's better than a six out of ten. There's your rating. Okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Let's dive into our spoiler discussion of this. Of course, if you haven't seen it, use those time codes in the description to skip to what are you doing. Otherwise, we're gonna dive into spoilers right after this. Yes. Okay, spoilers for Gran Turismo, Jimmy. He kills a guy. He kills a guy. Or which a apparently gal. We happened. Don't know. Yeah, just a spectator of sorts. Apparently happened in real life, um, which it makes sense. I feel like that's not something you'd probably make up for a movie. Like it's almost like slanderous. I think <laughs> if you make up that someone, like, a guy killed someone, didn't actually happen. But um, I was seeing. I didn't actually read. I didn't. I don't have the full quote in front of me, but I saw that like. They asked him if they could include that detail, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like untrue if you don't include it." He said, um, "No, I'll kill you." Yeah, <laughs> just I, like I, I killed that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just that was surprising mm-hmm. um, that they literally like he killed the guy. Like that would be h- hard to live with. Oh, Holy yeah. smokes! Even though it is not his fault, really. Apparently, and but like the 
it isn't like it's a freak accident, but also if you didn't do this thing, this would not have happened. Yeah. So it's like, I, I mean, there's you, it's a really cruel twist of fate. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everyone not really putting the blame on him. Cause I, I mean, I, it is like a freak accident and it's, it's just like, no one could have foreseen that really, but yeah, it is. yeah, I agree. So like, like other people saying, "Hey, you shouldn't feel guilty about this," yeah. but then him feeling yeah. guilty yeah. about like, I know it. Yeah. Like, there, how if could I have seen that, that position, coming? Yeah. But st- like, if I hadn't done this, this mm. wouldn't have. Like that. That is just like really heavy to yeah, deal with. And because um, I was like, there's good. Like, you have to have the end of the second act, right? Where something goes <laughs> yeah. wrong. What's gonna happen? <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was gonna like. I turned to you and I said, someone's gonna die, like, or like, there's gonna be a huge crash. When it was the GT Academy, like the final race, mm-hmm. that's when I thought it was gonna happen. Which I guess was way too early in the movie for that. Maybe, yeah, probably. Um, that would have been, that would have been really tragic if just at the academy someone dies. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Gee. and then that would be a huge thing, right? Yeah. But um, that's no, one of the that things. Was... I, one of the things I want to mention, um, that is different from real life is apparently he wasn't part of the first GT Academy. He was part yes. of like the third or something. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how his story differs from that of like the first winner, I guess. But um, yeah, he's. I think he, I believe he was the third winner of that academy. Yeah. So I have the the fact versus fiction here. Um. It doesn't say in this article, this is from USA Today, it just says that he he did go to this GT Academy that was put on by Nissan. Nissan. Um, did he win, oh, win the first GT challenge here? It says the winner of the inaugural one was Spain's Lucas, or, Lucas Ordonez, um, who raced successfully for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he won the third one. Yep. So you got that. And then, so like the uh, the climax of this is his win at Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was waiting for like the when life gives you Le Mans, <laughs> make lemonade. <laughs> I okay. So in regards to that part, though, I, when I was reading that article, I thought it was interesting that the first winner was part of his team in the in real life. The first winner of the GT Academy. Yeah. Or at least that's what I read. Is yeah. So in 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 the movie, yes. okay. In the movie, his team is him and two of the other people at the GT Academy. He was at the year he was at it. Yeah. So it says here this is the USA Today article. It says the real team consisted of Martinborough, inaugural Gran Turismo contest winner Ordonez, who we talked about in a second, mm-hmm. plus one racing veteran who did not come from the video game world, well, the racing simulator world. Yeah. yeah. Named Michael Crum, no relation to Victor. As we know, for so far we know. <laughs> um, that is interesting. So two of the three were were real. Um, yeah, they made them all those. Uh, and I mean, for the movie, I think it works in in some regard to you know have these two people who previously kind of were in conflict with them kind of come back. But at the same time, it's it. I don't know. It's kind of silly to just have these people be like, oh, we're just friends with you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they were like, yeah, that one guy wasn't the one guy jerk. was a jerk, and then they were just like buddies yeah. later. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, they're just no, buddies he, at Le Mans. He's like, well, I I watch your race, and now I respect you. Yeah, <laughs> which you know worked enough for me. Um, yeah, I I you know I thought the movie was a lot of fun Thank from you. the 
you know, you have this simulator. I love the how the cafe was just. You said like you saw the one guy playing like Uncharted Four at the yeah the I, PlayStation Cafe. Like yeah, let me just go play this single player narrative experience that's like very intimate in this loud. <laughs> yeah, it's it's multiplayer this internet cafe place that I like. I assume they're most most people there are playing online games of all sorts. But every game they're playing there is a Sony game, and one, a couple of which are just single player games. So it's. <laughs> funny yeah uh the crash yeah at uh nurburgring nurburgring the german track um in 2015 was real and they said that and martin bro says because it was all real and someone died we made sure the movie is very true to life and all the details it was a big turning point for my career where it could have all ended but didn't and that was a big point in the movie because Mm -hmm. that's uh where david harbour's um stuff came from yeah his baggage that was probably my favorite part of their relationship too, is like, that is the point. I mean, in a lot of ways where their paths diverge, um, him deciding to keep going, um, instead of quitting like David Harbor did. Mm-hmm. But I, I just didn't realize how like physically demanding racing was on really? your body. Like not to that extent where like mm-hmm. you had to be like a legit athlete. Oh yeah. To, I didn't realize they experienced more G's than astronauts on I takeoff. That I was like, that's incredible. That is. Um, I feel like, yeah, it makes sense though. Like when you're turning and there's that much, like you really got to just. You need to have the strength, you know. In the movie in, in Le Mans, they have to like take the guy out because he's cramping mm-hmm. and all that. I wonder what, you know, I wonder if that pit stop thing was real, that like whole pit stop mess up. Oh, and, yeah, like, I don't you know. know uh, I would if I if I were a betting man, I'd say that was for the movie. Yeah, I would bet so as well. Like, dude, we could have finished like second. Yeah, <laughs> what the heck, man? Um, I I like how they like explained uh, Cardiff City, like the soccer team. Like, that's a very famous club in in the United Kingdom. So, like, I just thought it was funny that they like explained it. Oh, I don't even know what it is. I know you don't. <laughs> like the, the the bird thing where he's like, I oh, this is oh, my dad's football okay. club. Okay. It's like, yeah, they would know that <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> they would know that. Um, but uh yeah, let's see. Was Jan Martinborough's father really a soccer player? Um yes. Looks like that's real. There you go. Cool. <laughs> um oh, here's a reference to Leslie Martinborough's place. Played by Spice Girl, oh Jerry, Gary, Jerry, Jerry Hallowell, who will be who will be recognized by fans of Netflix's Formula One racing doc, Formula One racing docu series Drive to Survive. See, I'm not the only one who knows about this. Holden, I was gonna, I had never heard of that series. But. I've heard it's really good. All right, um, that's because you don't watch sports things, so it doesn't get you recommended. It's true. Um, yeah, so I thought that was cool. I I thought just the racing, I overall just was very engrossed with and the whole season again how long does any of this take i'm not sure how long the like the time yeah. span for this movie it's really hard to tell but i do like there's like two other cars that they reckon like there's the rainbow stripe car and then there's the just gold lamborghini yeah they they, they make two other cars very distinct the two car, other cars you need to care about um, that, I mentioned that gold Lamborghini is pretty sick. <laughs> Not, <laughs> it is pretty. I sick. like how they like are driving. Like he gets in the car. Like after he like he's like David Harbour. Why don't you just stay as your mechanic? Like stay in your lane, man. <laughs> and he like gets in the the Lamborghini and it like starts driving away while the door is still closing. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> um, 
I, I mentioned to you the part that got like a unintentional laugh out of me um, was when the rainbow car crashes and <laughs> and Jan asks, oh, is he OK? And David Harbour's like, yeah, he's fine. And it just cuts to the burning wreckage. <laughs> like it's just this hard cut, which was not obviously supposed to be a funny bit, but I thought it was just that juxtaposition was very funny. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was funny when. They were, I can't remember what race it was, but it was like maybe the one where he finishes fourth. Um, where like he's like yelling yes, and I think David Harbour or like his girlfriend character is yelling yes, and then it cuts to the German guy and he just shouts the F word, yeah, <laughs> the one the PG 13, yeah, the one for the PG 13. Um, <laughs> thought that was hilarious, that was pretty good. Um, but I'm trying to, I, I liked Orlando Bloom in this, I thought he was pretty fun. Yeah. Nissan. I thought it was funny how he's he was like just kind of one note, but he was good. Given this uh, pitch to Nissan, and then they like go out and meet him before he leaves, and they're like you know that idea that you have that's outlandish. We're gonna do it. <laughs> I will say I don't know. Yeah, that was that was good. I, I I don't know if it was intentional on the marketing part, but like I went in fully expecting Orlando Bloom to be like the the nice mentor figure guy. Just because I like David Harbour in in the trailers is like how he is in the beginning of the movie where he's gruff and not, doesn't believe in you know mm-hmm. what they're trying to do, and so I thought that was kind of a I mean subversion of what I was expecting at least where you know David Harbour is the one who is more of a mentor figure and Orlando Bloom's like are you sure we want this guy for the he's program like, you know that other guy that's way better with the press let's yeah. go with him it's we literally like one millionth of a second he's like no. Yeah. Yeah, I do like how David Harbour's like, you guys are just the worst. You can't do this. I don't believe in any of you. This is a big waste of my time. My job is to prove you guys wrong. (laughs) He says something like that. Um, And they're all just like, oh. (laughs) But that was fun. Uh, Yeah, honestly, just like every... Most, I think most of this movie like was just fun. I wonder if that police chase was real. I bet that was just made up. That's probably made up. Just like... I can't get in trouble. I got to go to this thing. Yeah. I, most of the stuff prior to the actual racing, I just think is kind of bleh. Yeah. I could see that. It's like before, like he actually gets to GT Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Because then once you're there and you get into the actual racing, that's pretty entertaining. But yeah, a lot of that family stuff. And I mean, that's also when we have the introduction to the girlfriend who doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) It's like, it's, just very cookie cutter, this type of movie. What you, what you'd expect? Yeah. Um. I, one thing that was weird was like J- Jaiman Hanzu was like such a huge part of the first act of the movie, and mm-hmm. he's like not in the second act, no. like at all. Like he just disappears for an hour of the movie, and he's so good in every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, I guess I don't know where you'd insert him in. Like, really. I don't know. But it, yeah, it, you could feel the absence. Again, though, David Harbour was the just the standout for me. Like, I thought he was just phenomenal uh, in his role. Yeah, his so. his arc is, I mean, it, it's something, I mean, obviously the old master is, is, a, is a famous, you know, stereotype or archetype in these movies, but he's so good, like, at being very gruff and everything at the beginning and then coming to care for... Mm-hmm. Yawn and being a lot more supportive towards the end. Yeah. Baby girl. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little Joel Ellie, Joel Ellie thing. Um, but uh, I, I made the joke because he Jan gifts him the Walkman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holding the plot twist is that this is a Walkman commercial <laughs> instead of a Gran Turismo PlayStation commercial. Two or three times they brought that Walkman on. They made sure to linger, linger on that Sony logo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, the, I love the uh, <laughs> careless whisperer action. What, yeah, no, the, it's uh, a songbird. I thought that was careless whisperer. Careless whisperer is George Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Songbird. Yeah, Songbird. I, I got that wrong. Um, just great. Kenny G is very just good. great. <laughs> there was that one scene where the only purpose was to establish Songbird. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? Why was that the thing? <laughs> it but was. Apparently, that's a real thing that he does. Yeah. Still. Which so is cool. I mean, how, yeah. If you, I think finding music that, you know, calms you down is cool and everything. So cool idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else is there to talk about this that we haven't mentioned already, Holden? Otherwise, I mean, not much. They they get third place, um, which is you know very exciting. Yeah. Nice. One thing I do want to mention though is like a lot of the celebrations in this, they like make them like over, like normally mm-hmm. I think like their movies have gotten too minimalist. Like I think scores a lot have like gotten too minimalist, mm. and things have gotten too realistic. But in this case, I think they way over dramatize some of these things. Like when he first qualifies for GT Academy, he's like, yeah, and it's like slow-mo or whatever. And there's like music. And I'm like, if he would have just like celebrated realistically, I think that would have been a lot better. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, Something I should have mentioned in non-spoilers is I didn't really care for the score too much, I think in general. And kind of for for that, re- it, that's part of the reason. It, most of it was just kind of generic whatever. And then there were a lot of times where it was just like, all right, we get this is how we're supposed to be feeling. We don't need to be yeah. like <laughs> shoving it in our face. Um, which Lauren Balf did part of the music. Also, Andrew Kawazinski. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lauren Balf does good on the Mission Impossible scores, but I didn't really much care for this one that much personally. <laughs> I don't really remember it. Yeah. So that not a good or bad thing, I think. Um, I liked it. Well, I liked this movie. Had fun. That's yeah, what I got to it say. Was solid. Hopefully you, you enjoyed it too if you're listening to this. Yeah. Maybe you hated it. Tell us why. Tell us why in the comments, whether you liked it or not, if you're on YouTube. Or maybe you can do that on Spotify now. I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, Holden, anything else to say? I don't think so, no. All right. Then I'm going to ask you our question to lead us to the final segment, which of course is Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy, what are we doing? Um, No, what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Okay, that's right. What am I doing? Well, we can start with the what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, I see. yeah, Yeah, I see that. Last night we went to the State Theater, which is a, we've talked about it before, very nice local theater in town, Sioux Falls here. Um, and we saw Old Boy, a South Korean film, a very famous one from, I believe, 2003 was yep. when it came out. 20th anniversary. Park 20, Chan-wook. Yep, Park Chan-wook. Um, it was a movie neither of us had ever seen. It's been on my list for a long time. Mm-hmm. I saw it was at the state, and I liked the state. So and I was like, Holden oh, said, And Holden went to this over Lilo and Stitch. I did. Which is, that's, that's saying <laughs> something, okay? Yeah, this guy loves Lilo and Stitch over here. I was like, I'm not sure I really need to go to three movies in one week, so which movie at the state will I go see? I'll go see this movie I haven't seen before. Instead of my one of my favorite animated movies of all time. So, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I think it was a good decision. I mean, it was it was very fun seeing it on the big screen. It was not what I was expecting, really. No. I mean, I don't really know what I was expecting. Um, I was expecting more of an action movie. Yeah, because uh, it wasn't. There, there was action, but that's not. There was it's not the main focus. Very like. The ratio to the rest of the movie it was like action was a very minor part of the movie. Yeah, there's there's a very famous uh, action sequence in this movie, which is incredible. It's really yeah. good. I didn't realize I was reading about it after that. The I guess talking about the action scene, the the knife in the back is like CG. I 100 percent noticed. That. Really? I, okay. Yeah, I was like, I was like. I think that knife is CG, okay. and I watched I, it. Like I was a little distracted by it, like this, because we were sitting sure. pretty close up, and it was huge. And I'm like, that knife is definitely CG. But then at I, times, I'm like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, because they did a really good job of like blending the lighting. But there were times where it's like, okay, that's clearly just a two dimensional picture. I I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention to it. Maybe I'll have to rewatch it uh, online and see if I notice it again. But yeah. I guess I, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. Yeah. Like I'm just like they, cause they like, he gets stabbed kind of in the middle of this oneer, mm-hmm. And I just kind of was like, and he kind of moved and I just was drawn to it just for a split second. And then I, I was trying to it. figure it okay. out. And even then I wasn't 100% sure. But I mean, aside from that, the, the sequences is, is really good. Mm-hmm. It's very incredible. Very yeah. influential on a lot of modern. I mean, John Wick takes so much yeah. from that scene. <laughs> yeah. Even you could argue even just like his black suit. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. And the uh, hair. Yeah. I just, <laughs> there's a character in, um, I don't, I can't remember the character's name. There's a character in one of the Yakuza games that looks exactly like this guy in like oh, his yeah. outfit and everything. And I'm, I need to like, I'm sure inspired by this guy and to some extent. Um, but, uh, overall I thought this movie was really good. I mean, yeah. believe it or not, who would have thought <laughs> this, this well-regarded <laughs> movie is, is quite good. Um, it goes to some very dark places, um, but I think it's like, like it does a really good job of being like kind of funny for most of the movie too. Yeah. Like it, it's not, it's amusing. Yeah. It's amusing. I wouldn't say it's like a riot or anything, but even like towards the end it, like there's still parts where it's like clearly going for comedy and it still like works. Mm-hmm. So I, I was surprised by the balance of tones and everything. Yeah. I guess it's more of like, um, um, I'm now I'm saying this and right when I was about to say it, I literally just read it on Google. So <laughs> I'm trying to not come off as I just read it on Google, but like it's more of a mystery than anything. Yeah. It's like, like he's a like revenge thriller kind of too. Yeah. The subversion. A bit I would that. say, but I was expecting more of the revenge thriller, And honestly, it's still more of a mystery. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, I guess that is, you spend most of the movie just trying to figure out exactly what's happening. Yeah. I mean, he is too. There are revenge aspects to it's it. It's more like, why is this person seeking revenge against me? Then mm-hmm. I want to get revenge on you. Mm-hmm. But he kind of does at the same time. Yeah. Well, and we won't go into why. But yeah, it's just kind of this weird There's, thing. And it's like unraveling what exactly is going on here. And I think the parallels between the antagonist and protagonist are just are very interesting. And one of my favorite parts of the movie in a lot yeah. of ways. And I think um, it has a... a satisfying ending i guess mm-hmm. is what would what, put it yeah the the way the like the final shot is it's like <laughs> i mean i don't know how to feel exactly about where it ends i mean i think it's very good um and it's you can kind of interpret it how you will um but the twists 
very good. I I think I the less you know about this movie going into it, the better I think. Yeah. Um, I think I had the twist for this movie spoiled for me a while ago, honestly. Oh yeah. But I, I think I had like it was one of those things where I like. Like the reveal of the mystery, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I think I, I, but I think I had like forgotten it was this movie. And so as the movie was going on, I'm like, oh, I think this is this movie that I'm I'm thinking of. Mm. And then it was, but it was still very satisfying to kind of figure out where it was going. And I still wasn't entirely sure for most of the movie, but yeah. Well, I told you, I'm like kind of like certain moments where I'm like, oh, well, this is like, this is going to be a reveal at some point. Yeah. And it was right, except I completely forgot that was my like first thought because I just got engrossed in all the other stuff that was happening. Well, and then and I, it came and I was like, oh, wait. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wait a second. I literally thought that like two hours ago. Well, I think the movie does. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I once again, without getting into details, I was thinking the same thing at the same point. But I think the movie does a really good job of taking your attention away from that and like yeah. subverting it in a lot of ways. And even if you you're make, not even sure really what's going on. Yeah. The so the, and there's, and it doesn't or like re- if that would be like, I didn't even think that would be like an important reveal yeah. at the time that I thought it would be a reveal And the main character. Odesu is like constantly questioning his own reality too. So it's, you're kind of wondering like, is what I'm thinking true? Like he's, he's very distrusting of a lot of people that he meets and a lot of people that he meets turns out to be working for like the antagonist. And it's, yeah, so it's it, it's very confusing. So the fact that I think we got lost in that is not is probably in, completely intentional. Yeah. It's a great movie to watch with your mom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No. That is a joke. Do not watch this with. Probably just watch this alone. <laughs> yeah. Or if you have, I mean, if you have friends that are into these like kind of hardcore movies, I think you could. I mean, I wasn't uncomfortable watching it with you, Jimmy. Well, you know. <laughs> But I'm always just grabbing octopi and just yeah, that was m- more gross than I was expecting yeah, it to be. Like I thought I was and- like, oh, I know it's coming. I'm desensitized, and I'm like, <laughs> no, that was even worse than I thought. Um, yeah. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you will soon. Yeah, you if you to. watch it, if you otherwise, Which you absolutely should. I think yeah, yeah it's a it. classic for a reason. Yeah. I don't know. Is it on streaming at all? I don't, it doesn't look like it. Just gotta rent it, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um otherwise, what else have you been doing, Holman? Yeah. Um, so other movies. I was in Lincoln uh this weekend. I was my parents just got a new puppy, so I was hanging out with that. And but I ended up watching a few movies while I was there. Um I watched My Neighbor Totoro, uh, okay. Studio Ghibli movie. All right. Yeah. Um, which I had never seen. Apparently, according to my dad, I was scared of the character Totoro as a kid, which is kind of like Ghibli's mascot at this point. You'd recognize it if you saw it. Right. Probably. Yeah. I think I've seen that thing. before. Um it's very cute. It looks it's like a Pokemon. Yeah, it does look like a it does look like a Pokemon. Um, it's an incredibly cute movie. It is like <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Engrave of the Fireflies came out in the same year. And if you're familiar with that movie, that's a movie that is incredibly depressing, like complete opposite. My Neighbor Totoro is a Miyazaki movie. And it's just all about like childhood wonder and imagination. It's like 80 minutes long, basically has like no plot to it. <laughs> it's like basically these, that is terrifying. I know. I've, I hate that. I know. That's just terrible. I'm pulling up an adult Totoro costume for cosplay and it's $120 and it is 
horrifying. Horrible. Imagine a person being a rat. (laughs) (laughs) Who thought that was like, why don't you make the costume like a big, I mean, you get like T-Rex costumes that are big inflatable. I don't don't know. Anyway, it's a movie that has like no plot. It's all about these kids interact, like moving to this new place, interacting with like these forest creatures. And there's a bit of a conflict towards the end, but not much. It's just, it is very whimsical. I loved it. It was so cute. It made me tear up towards the end. I could, I don't know why it scared me as a kid. Cause it is like entirely geared towards kids. I don't know, but well, this costume is scary. I took yeah, a screenshot of it. If I remember to put it in the video <laughs> version, hopefully I do. If I don't just look up Totoro and then above on the shopping, it will come up. Oh my God. I hate that. I hate that you're going to expose our audience to that too. Yeah, or here I'll just copy the link here and put it in the <laughs> in the notes. In the notes. So if I forget to put the image, now it's in the notes, um, just oh. right under the right above the time codes. Creepy Totoro costume, <laughs> and there it is. All right. Um, I also For uh, our audio audio listeners as well. Yes. Um, I also watched uh, the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Rewatched that because my younger brother hadn't seen it. Still very good. That is. It's have you have you seen Grand Budapest? I have not. I've only seen uh, Moonrise. Moonrise Kingdom and uh, the French Dispatch. French Dispatch. Yeah, you should absolutely watch Grand Budapest. I it, feel like that's the one I probably like the most. It is probably his best movie. It's not my favorite because I think Moonrise is still my personal favorite, but it's it's just like a perfect movie. Everyone in it's so good. It's all got all the Wes Anderson isms, but I think to full effect and to its best effect. Um, and then, yeah, aside from that, um, just been, I mean, watching the, the weekly shows as usual, Harley Quinn's new season, uh, got that, my adventures with Superman show that's finishing up still. Um, and video game wise, I platinum trophied the Pac-Man world repack. So yeah, I did that, (laughs) uh, which was really hard because the hardest trophy in that game, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week, but I had to get to level nine in the original Pac-Man arcade game. I spent so long trying to do that because the original Pac-Man game is so hard, but I got so good at that game by the end of it. I'm going to like go to an arcade sometime and show off my skills on that game because I know like what paths to take and stuff. What's it called? Arcade 88 or whatever. Yeah. 88. Yeah. 80, something like that. 81. Yeah. I don't know. There's a barcade downtown. Yeah. 81. Maybe that's it. It's very fun, but did that. So now uh, I started Castlevania Symphony of the Night on the PlayStation, but at my current place, we're like rearranging our basement. So I haven't really been able to play with the TV. So I've just been playing on my Switch. Just get that Project Portal holding. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We could have talked oh, a little yeah. talk. Project, did you see that? I did. Here's a little talk interjection into <laughs> what are you doing? It's 200 bucks, mm-hmm. eight inch Full HD, not OLED screen. It can only do, it's basically only remote play for your PS5, but it doesn't have to be on the same network. Just needs to be on as good of, like it has to be on a good network. Interesting. For, so you could theoretically be all the way across the world and have great internet and then as connect as, to it. Yeah. Stupid thing is the Pulse headphones don't work with it. They have like a new version of their PlayStation only bluetooth that they use and they have new earbuds and like a new pro headset that will work with it and then they have like the headphone jack thing which is so stupid like imagine buying the 100 (laughs) pulse headphones 
and then Sony does not even make them compatible with their new thing. And a lot of people are just dunking, like, why would anybody ever get this? Like, what is the target audience for it? Mm. And <laughs> I would actually, not right now, but I would actually consider getting this at some point because I have always wanted to do play PlayStation, like, on the treadmill or something oh. while I'm moving. And it's like, like it's... It, I tried it's, to like when I was at my when I lived it with my at my parents like pre COVID they had a treadmill, and I like had set up a TV right there mm-hmm. and it just was like it was like too far away and it was weird to have the control like so if it was like that play some Forbidden West yeah I'm like I would <laughs> actually like and it was in my house the problem is where I live now the workout facility doesn't have Wi Fi so Uh-oh. but if I like had a house, I had the treadmill, I could actually see myself using this thing and getting the $200 out of it. I don't have either of those things. And I wonder how many people would actually fit that category. Yeah. It's, I, it seems so niche and I, I get what it's going for. I mean, the portability is nice. I I wasn't aware of that. It could be on any network. That's kind of cool, but still like, I don't know, $200. Like, it's not like remote play is proprietary only to this thing. Yeah. It's like you can get an iPad and use remote play and duals like your dual sense can wirelessly connect to your iPad. Yeah. It's like, or you could get like the phone and just an off brand controller. I mean, really the biggest benefit is that it's all handheld, I guess. Like yeah. you don't need to and set the screen's it up anywhere. Big, like, yeah, it's yeah. just there. And theoretically, if you're on the same network, you could use all the other apps and stuff. But it's yeah, I for me, I'm, I'm just kind of like not that obviously PlayStation has different games, but you can also just get like a switch for you can get one of the switch lights for two hundred dollars. I think yeah. like which is a whole new console with a whole other library of games. So I it's probably not anything I'll ever get. I mean, cool for the people that it's good for but yeah not my thing personally. yeah it just seems weird that they would invest into making it yeah it doesn't seem like something to get their money out of uh otherwise you have anything else that you were doing uh no not really i don't think so all right sweet i uh have been watching uh some re-watching some episodes of the white lotus because emily's been watching it oh, yeah. um it's just a good show i I originally said I like season two better than season one, but I don't know. We watched part of the second half of season one with her, and I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. Both so seasons are really good. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. So I guess I just had to continue rewatching season two with her and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I really like that part. <laughs> they're both they're both very solid, and I enjoy it, and funnier than I remember. Oh, being. Um, especially the dad in season one. I think he's just really Yeah, funny. the dad is great. <laughs> um, otherwise, been playing Horizon Forbidden West. I am, like, basically at the end of the story, so I'm doing a lot of side stuff before mm-hmm. the end game. Before the end game. We're in the end game We're now. We're in the end game now. Um, but I have not had a ton of time to play that because of school starting, so I've only played it, like, a couple hours maybe the last week, so... There we go. That's what I've been doing. Holding the plan for next week is a little bit up in the air. There's a couple possibilities. Yes. Um, so we're considering, I mean, we could try, you know, a big Oscar movie that, you know, like past lives or something. It's not currently on streaming, so we'd, we'd have to buy it, I think. It's like it, an on-demand sort it, of deal. Yeah. 
So we could do that. VOD. We could find some other big movie we've missed, or we could do Saw. We could catch up on some of the Saw movies. Which, I I mean, I think we have a couple open weeks in September prior to Saw 10, so it might not There's be a bad idea. There's only nine of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like we've we both seen Jigsaw and, and Spiral. I, like, I don't remember any. I, yeah, Spiral. I, I don't remember Jigsaw very well. Okay. Well, I probably honestly wouldn't need to rewatch the first one because I've seen it probably like a handful of times, yeah. but... But like we we don't have to do spiral. I feel like that's no, not gonna have anything spiral. to do with Saw X anyway. So um, anyway, so we'll figure out something for next week, um, and then the next week is none too none your business. None your Can't business. Can't wait for that. What's she doing? What's she doing? She's none just your business. <laughs> um, golly, the none too. Nunchucks. Um, but if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review in iTunes or email us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. And I believe that's it, Jimmy. All right, sweet. Until next week, then. Adios, pantalones. Love you. Love you.